1: Great to be back with you folks. Again, we, we, we're just honored. We're honored to be your friends. We're honored that you would take the time to make this part of your day to learn a little bit about what God has to say from the book of Proverbs chapter 11. More important that those of us who struggle or fight with PTSD can grow out of this. Those of us who deal with anything, you know, this podcast, it may be labeled wounded spirits, but I think everybody's wounded. Stephanie, I'm beginning to think there's a world out there that's wounded. Some people accept it and some people don't, but, uh, You know, we're all about finding those people, reaching out to them, holding them in our arms, loving them, holding them by the neck, doing that kind of thing. So, Stephanie, here you are in Indiana. What's it like over there? What's going on?
2: Well, here in Indiana, you know, the weather in Indiana stinks. Um, I wish you'd just decide to be cold or hot because this lukewarm thing is disgusting. (laughs) So that's where we are. I mean, we've got weather that... You know, we were bitter cold and now it's thirty four and it's supposed to get up, you know, like in the fifties and then it's gonna drop down to the twenties again. Oh, so I hate that. Yeah. That's what, that's
1: what's going on it's, in South Carolina. We're having Indiana personality here, man. There's ice, oh. there's snow. What's that all about? You know, I, I know, didn't I didn't cool. move to South Carolina for the snow and the ice. I'm just being <laughs> up front with you. And, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I came home. Debbie's like, you shouldn't take the back road, honey. It's going to be all icy. Boy, I came down a hill. I thought we were dead, man. Oh. Yeah. Debbie says something. You listen to her. She's like EF Hutton, man. I I went down that road. We almost (laughs) died. You know, it took a little bit out of our stomach, you know, and kind of messed me up. It was 8 o'clock last night. I was kind of freaky, you know, and I should have listened to my wife. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, we don't have uh, the ice, thankfully, is off our roads, but, you know, we live in an area where they prepare for ice more
1: so yeah there's snow plows there's salt there's taxes three yeah. times as much as we pay here and yeah, mm-hmm. no, i get it sorry oh no it's it's all no. right I'd, I'd rather pay holly nothing for tax and just <laughs> n- not have a snow plow every two years when it gets like this that's all uh,
2: well, yeah
1: yeah so i'll get through that and And, uh, you know, I'm so excited, uh, so excited for the opportunity again, Stephanie, as we talk about our TV show, as we talk about the ministry things, so much going on. I have a meeting this afternoon, we're going through credits and those things were wrapping the show up and I'm so excited about, I don't know when it's going to be wrapped. We're telling everybody March 1st, just to, we want to promise less and deliver more, but we'd love to be telling you people go out to YouTube, go out to our website We'd we'd love to be telling you what to do. And, and, uh, so hang in there with that. And, uh, we can't wait (laughs) for the opportunity. You guys watch the show and we sure did put a lot of work into this, but it was nothing compared to, uh, what we've done post-production. And uh, my, it's been a mess these last few months and things going on. But here we are. We're so we're in book of proverbs. We're in the book of proverbs in the 11th proverb and 11th chapter. But before we get there, Stephanie, we have our segment, the knucklehead moment. We do it for a few reasons so people can see what a knucklehead looks like. So they're not a knucklehead and sometimes there's humor, but we only hit the ring that bell, maybe one out (laughs) of 20 times thinking of that. What do you have for us, Stephanie? You might be a knucklehead if.
2: Well, Doug, I'm going to go with positive twist today. Cool. Because um, something happened this morning that encouraged my heart? And you know, we—I was driving down um, the highway, headed here to the church to do these recordings from the hospital because I had a doctor. I'm not—I'm not injured or anything. I just had a doctor appointment. Anyways, um, so I was—I was going down the road, you know, headed headed here um, to get off 30 to come to the church and. I looked across the road into the traffic going the other direction, and I saw this car pulled over, and the woman, like, it looked like she was falling out of her car. Oh, my. She had her her hand around her neck. And so I meet, and, of course, I'm getting ready to turn the opposite direction, so I'm, like, almost hit a semi, um, trying to get over to the turn lane to do a UE to get over to her, and I'm looking over, trying to get over across traffic, and I see a, a laundry Service truck with their hazards on, and they had pulled off into the into the um, in the lane to do a UE as well, and so it ended up that two of us um, stopped. Um, we both, you know, turned around, got going the other direction on the highway, and it turned out the lady just got really sick, um, and <sighs> she was vomiting. I mean, it wasn't like she was choking to death or anything, but let me tell you, it restored a little bit of faith in humanity to see somebody else it was a, a real sharp Mexican guy and and um, he got there before me and I'm like is she okay and he's like yeah she said she's fine she just got sick and whatever but let me just say you are not a knucklehead you are an awesome person if you see and I'm not saying this because of me I'm saying this because of the Mexican guy because it just it encouraged my heart to see somebody do that, that they were willing to change their schedule, that they were willing to stop to make sure that that lady was okay. Cause we both thought she was choking. I mean, when we saw her, both saw her from the opposite side of the road, it looked to us like she was falling out of her car, choking. Yeah. And so that just you're you, that makes you a great, you know, that's what God created us to do is help each other out. So, and so, 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 so it's leave, not, leave it
1: up to <laughs> Stephanie to say, you're not a knucklehead. If I like to change. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: No, I was just gonna say, that makes you, you know, you
1: makes you human, though,
2: yeah, yeah, and it, it makes you, you know, neither of us will we'll both go through the day with a little more of a smile on our face, knowing that that woman's okay. You know, if we hadn't stopped, we both would have wondered the rest of the day, yeah, did she die? Is she okay? You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. like, it yeah. just makes life better.
1: It does, you know, just looking out for one another. Yes, and exactly. uh, now, and it is a good thing when you see them puking because you know they're breathing. And uh, right. sometimes well, we when you see someone that yeah, looks like they're choking, yeah, yeah, you think yeah. they've got something stuck in their throat. You're ready to do the Heimlich, yeah. and you might be puked on. I did the Heimlich once. You know that people yeah, puke I mean, on you. Yeah, yeah, gross. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I,
2: it's better than somebody choking to death. Which oh, is abusive, sure it is. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's significant. So that's a good one. So uh, if you don't want to be a knucklehead, if you want to prove you're not a knucklehead, stop and help people. So now, how about things? Now you want to make this things we say to people with PTSD.
2: Yeah, I can definitely do that. You All know, stand positive role. We need positive. We do. Uh, something you can say to someone um who's got PTSD and I'm going to and I'm going to read this because um <clears throat> I read it this week and I actually put it on on Help for Wounded Spirits. But a good friend of mine who knows um that I've been in the midst of um what's the word I'm looking for (laughs) some trials, some ongoing trials dealing with, um, abuse, just putting it bluntly. That's what it is. Um, I won't give the specifics beyond that, but dealing with another Valley in that whole realm and having to come to terms with, okay, God's put me at a crossroads. I have difficult decisions to make. And is God really there? Does he really see what's going on? And, um, A good friend of mine, um, her husband's in evangelism, and they actually came to one of our PTSD camps a couple of years ago. And they've just become very, very dear friends. And she has, I'm going to read this because I found this after the the fact. But it says, when you're in a season of waiting, it's never just a season of waiting. It's a season of preparation, self-improvement, giving, and as always, sanctification. Waiting is not passive. It's active. Be prepared for what you are praying for. You may not know when, but when God speaks, it happens fast. Be ready for it. And so when you're dealing with someone who has PTSD, you know, when they're, if they're dealing with abuse, you know, they can get out of that abusive situation. But abusers love to hound, to haunt, and to harass their victim. The person that, that was alliterated,
1: that's a message right there. Yeah,
2: but that's that's and that wasn't, I was not attempting to do that, so please don't anybody go wow. Um, but no, seriously, they they can't let go. Yeah, so for for your friend, you know, wh- no matter what it is, you know, if if they've been through abuse, you know, sometimes your own brain becomes your worst enemy. So encourage them that waiting on God waiting for him to deal with the abuser waiting for him to give direction is not a time to be in depression it's a time to prepare because when you're asking and seeking and knocking god promises a response so be prepared because when god speaks when god moves it may happen very quickly be ready and so yeah. yes be ready don't encourage someone with ptsd that waiting is not passive
1: the blessings coming you know, and, yeah. and folks, that makes good sense. And just, just always be ready, be ready for the next blessing, be in, be prayerful, be up, be studying, be, be everything, be out there. And, uh, folks, I'll tell you, God will never let you down. Those are some good examples, <laughs> Stephanie. Thank you. And uh, thank you. And we're on. So we're in the eleventh proverb. We've been. We know that uh, Proverbs chapter eleven is dealing with being upright, integrity, doing the right thing, honesty. Uh, you know, doing those things that are godly and, and and you know that's what God has for us is doing the right thing. That's what God expects from us, and that's what we're going to be found if we want to be right with God. If we want to change around these things in our life, these patterns of destructiveness, these patterns of hanging out with the wrong crowd, these patterns of people who come around us who are more screwed up than a soup sandwich, we're going to turn those things around. Uh, man, we, we we need to be in the integrity position. We need to be upright. We need to be doing things properly. We we need not be slothful in business. We want to be that person that's making a difference, that's doing things right. And, mm. I'll, I, and I'll tell you, those people can change things. He that trusts us, it tells us in the 28th verse, he that trusts us in riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. So it's saying if all you trust, now think about this, Stephanie, if you trust us in riches, man, you've got a problem. If you're just trusting in money, if you're just trusting in things you own, if you're just trusting in things you can buy in this world, man you you're you're in a bad place what happens if the market falls out what happens if your paycheck goes away what hap- i mean you're trusting it's not about that it's never been about that and uh and yeah. that's what it's talking about but the righteous shall flourish as a branch so what are you thinking stephanie
2: well i think there's <clears throat> the whole principle of where you're laying your treasures up and treasures of this world will rust; they will corrupt. These break through and steal them, um, and that's on a personal level. That's on a you know, we're talking whatever level you want to look at. And, yeah. Um, when I read this, I have to almost smile because um, I'll never forget. You know, when we left Cameroon and we lost everything, and or I should say it appeared that we lost everything. Yeah. But let me tell you, looking back, I am so thankful that we had made the choice long before Cameroon. And I'm not saying this to boost myself up. This is just by faith. We were seeking to follow the Lord. Yeah. But we were, my husband could have been a millionaire. Okay. He was a businessman. He could have turned his business into, I mean, we could have been very wealthy. And yet he gave all of that up to serve Jesus Christ. Amen. And when I look at his life at Charles life, and I should say my late husband, cause he's with the Lord. But when I look at his life and his testimony, you know what? He is still flourishing. Yeah. The, the tree that was planted in his death is still flourishing and growing. And I think of things that are going on with wounded spirits that never could have happened Never would have happened if he had not died as a martyr. And so I have to look at his life, and and I look at the second half of this verse and think, he is still flourishing as a branch. He is still a branch that's a part of the vine. And when we are attached to the vine that John 4 talks about, um, when we are in the vine, when he, he is in us and we are in him, we will flourish because we are getting our source of joy, our source of peace, our source of fulfillment, our source of strength, our source of everything we grow yeah, from Jesus Christ. Yes. And it will result in growth.
1: Yeah. You know, that branch, I mean, we, we've got some trees that the tree's almost dead, but there's one or two branches that are starting to flourish and starting to grow. So I won't cut them down. I just trim everything else. And the branches keep showing up. But you know, when you're in God, you know, you don't stand still, you're not stagnant. You're not just staying at home, laying on the couch. I mean, something's happening in your life Mm
0: -hmm. and and
1: that happening is growth. And, And, and folks, you need to be that branch today. You need to continue on. And you know, so often. Stephanie. And, and I mean, this needs to be said because it's real, but so often we, we get in these pity parties and these depression dumps and these bad places. And I mean, you've been there, right, Stephanie? I'm not the only one. And uh, right. if you're not careful, I mean, you, you can uh, shut the door to the house and, you know, order some dominoes or something and, and lose a day or two. Uh, but, but that's not who we are. You know, that's not, we're not, we're not relying on riches. We're, we don't get depressed if we're not making a million dollars. We know that we have God. <laughs> and with God, things grow like branches. That's what that comes down to.
2: Yes, yes. And, and I, I love, um, I remember we were talking through the camp, um, and the retreat. And, you know, this is a year ago. And I remember talking to a gentleman and he said, you know, he's like, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. But all we're asking for is a hoof yeah. <laughs> and, and that idea that yeah our true riches the riches that come from loving Jesus serving Jesus yeah in this world's in this world's scale it's laughable sometimes
1: yeah yeah
2: but they' they're, they can't even be described humanly you know we can't even describe the abundant exceeding abundant riches that Jesus Christ, gives to those who love him and follow him with all of their hearts
1: yeah there it is there it is man and and i mean that's that's what it's all about you know uh, i remember we planted a church up in new york and we had this old retired missionary and he wasn't old he was probably the same age i am now but he had come in and he had been a missionary in australia and italy and his son was in the military so he retired from missions and moved up to new york to be near his son and his grandchildren and uh I remember we were talking, we had got some land and we were planting this church and different things were going on. And, and, uh, we were using this old Methodist church building that they gave us a lease on. We could use it forever as long as we fixed it up. But as soon as we moved out, it was theirs. We could never sell it or anything. And we fixed it up as nice as we could, but man, we filled that old building just as quick as you could. Just an old neighborhood Methodist church from the early 1900s, probably set 80 people. And we had 120, 130 in there at a year old. And, so I remember I sat down with Harry and I told him, I said, Harry, boy, we need a new building. I don't want to rent another building. Someone gave us those nine acres up the road. And you know, he was kind of a sounding board for me and, and that, you know, he was that place. And I said to him, I said, you know, brother, Harry, I said, uh, we need to build the church. He says, son, he says, we got the money to build a church. I said, we do brother. Tell me about it. He says, well, it's sitting in the pews. There's 130 people in there. He says, you tell me there's not a money to build a church in that room right there. It's just in their pockets. And, uh, but boy, he was right, man. People started giving. And, uh, I remember we got all done and the city said our building, we were tax exempt of course, but the, the city said our building was worth $2 million when we finished our building and grounds. And we had $97,000 and a bunch of sweat equity. We bought a general steel building that somebody had bought twice, been bought by somebody that gave half the money down, never got it. They sold it to a second person, gave half the money down. They never got it, it was sitting in a warehouse in New York. And the guy's like. Hey, could you guys give us, you know, $60,000 for this $250,000 building? Well, yeah. Mm. And and, uh, so I remember we were trying to put, pour the foundation and stuff, and we didn't have anyone in the church who knew how to do that. And I remember the pastor looked up people or the guy who became the pastor after me, Brother Harry, uh, the missionary, looked up people and found these two people in town that did. He thought we should have floor heating for the ladies in dresses and their shoes and stuff. We should have radiant heat coming up from the floors. So we found these two people who did that in town, and we went to see them to share the gospel with them, and one of them got saved and did it for us for free, became a good church member, praise God. That's crazy. It's beyond crazy. I thought the guy was nuts. I thought they were going to throw us in jail. Here we are, you know. Hey, do you know Christ sitting there leading someone to the Lord? Then the next question is, you know, what are you doing for a week and a half? I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, but I got to tell you, you know, where where are you at? Are you trusting in riches? Uh, you know, I mean, what is it? Are you trust? What are you trusting in it? And I think that's what it comes down to today. What are you trusting is. And, uh, but if you trust in righteousness, Stephanie, if it's about righteousness, it's about doing the right thing. It's about saying the right thing It's about living the right thing. And, and it's not, you know, this isn't something we can just say, Hey, we're going to do the right thing. We have to live it. Yeah. You, you know, you, you can talk the talk, but you need to walk the walk as well. This needs yeah. to be everything. I remember being in football in high school and the coach said, you know, we can run our mouse. We can go out there and say everything we're going to do, but I don't like that pushing, and none of you get to talk to anybody. I'm the only one who talks to, you know, I guess a local newspaper would come out or something. I'm the only one who does the talking is what he said. Mm. He said, you do the walking. Yeah, I was on a championship yeah. baseball team in high school, a state championship baseball team. And, and I remember we were just kicking everybody. I, I mean, we couldn't lose a game if we tried. And we just went right through the playoffs, the state championship. I threw the last pitch of the state championship. I mean, everything we did was, it was just, and so badly, I wanted to scream, look at us. Mm. And I remember we got all done and I went home and we actually made TV when we got into the state championship and when we made uh, the victory when we won the victory. And, uh, and, and this guy made a comment, we didn't have VCRs or nothing. I wish it was a way to get, it, but this guy made a comment that, you know, at Griswold high school, they, they, they didn't talk a lot. He said, boy, but they just showed the state what a champion looks like. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so folks, this is that kind of thing. We get to show the world what someone godly looks like so much more important. We get to show the world that, you know, we're different, man. We're a different level. And And I think Stephanie, if we're not careful, we can even get caught up in our Christian walk and think we're special and think that because we know God, we're all that. Let me tell you, there's nothing special about me. I, it's just not there. I've looked. There's nothing. I mean, you know, granted, I'm an incredibly good-looking man or something like that, but, you know, there's nothing besides. <laughs> you're supposed to laugh and say, yeah, you're right. But anyway.
2: I'm busy trying not to choke. Okay.
1: All right. All right. <laughs> And b- by the way that was a joke. I'm an old ugly guy. But listen to this. Here's Oh
2: brother. Oh, here's God, here Here's
1: the Here's the important thing, Stephanie. I think I think if we leave our peeps with anything at all, uh I I think, you know, what are we trusting in? Mm you know, there comes that retirement time where we're not making the big bucks. There comes that time where things just don't go the way we are. But even if we have riches, why are we trusting in them? Riches can't make us live. Remember what Queen Victoria said, everything I own for one more day, you know, so, so where's your trust? She didn't get that other day, by the way. And, uh, But the righteous, and and being righteous, and we've hit this, Stephanie, being righteous is being on the right side, uh, going down the God road, accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Being righteous is going out of our way to do the right thing. But when you have that, oh, man, you're going to flourish. It's like that branch It's like foliage. It's going to keep growing. It's going to keep coming. I mean, it's just pretty awesome. That's what I think, Stephanie. So close us out. you got 30 seconds to tell us how all this comes together, my friend.
2: Well, I think it goes back to, uh, being willing to lay aside what we see with our human eye to walk by faith and not by sight and choose to lay up the treasures in heaven. Um, choosing to be a wise man that builds your house in the rock of God's word versus the sand of riches or sand of earthly fame or wealth, because those things are fleeting. Um, in light of eternity, those things aren't even a drop in the
1: bucket. There it is right there, folks. Your riches, not even a drop in the bucket. We sure do love you, folks. Make sure you listen to every word Brother Eric's going to say. We want to know for sure, don't we? We want to know for sure that Jesus Christ saved us, and and Brother Eric's going to share with you how you can do that. We sure do love you, folks. If we can do anything to help you, find us at Help the Wounded Spirits. Facebook page, drop a message. We'll try to get right back to you. We sure do love you. God bless you. Have a great day.